All right. Woo! God damn. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's getting hot in here. I think that seems about the right thing to play, at least if, if you live in the States this week. Holy shit. This is Black Sky Legion, episode 138. 1372 Wave 1 is here. All right. <sighs> I am your host, Kai Zen. I have not slept in two days. Uh, I crawled into bed last night, was about to sleep, and got a phone call saying, Hey, can you uh, drive down to Richmond, Virginia? And then, you know, drive back. So you're talking about under good conditions, six to seven hours one way, and coming back on a Friday holiday weekend beltway traffic with 495 as a parking lot because 295, literally the tar was melting on the road and cars were getting stuck. Uh, you could add three hours to that trip. So that's the story of how... I have been awake for going on day two now and uh, have just come off of a, I forget, 17-hour, whatever, 18, 19-hour uh, uh, car trip. Yay. So uh, I don't have food, but I've got dragon's milk, and I'm going to be leaning on it heavily for tonight. And joining me tonight, we've got an old friend back, Roy Cookson. Say hello to the beautiful people, Roy, and tell them what you're drinking tonight. Happy Friday, everyone. Yeah, so I just got back from happy hour with the wife, so nice. I've got a tall glass of ice water and uh, a short glass of Casamigos Reposado. Ooh. Take the evening. Ooh, there you go. Que rico, que rico. Nice. How you been, Roy? Oh, I've been good. A lot of working and a little bit of game playing here and there. Both yeah. Star Citizen and uh, the old favorite Elite. Um, so, right on. yeah, looking forward to some conversations this evening. There's lots of interesting things going on. Hell yeah. Also, we've got Wolf Dragon in the house. How you doing, brother? And what you drinking tonight? Hey, hey, hey. I finally found it, Kai. What's Dragon's that? Milk Reserve 2022, oh, number two. Wow. The so one it's... with the Stroop Waffle cookies, coffee, caramel, and cinnamon, and oh my god, is it absolutely fucking amazeballs. Right? It's a lot like the uh, Boulevard Brewing Company's yep. uh, Sugarwood Baklava, baklava but yep. not quite as sweet. Yeah, it is very good. Uh, I've been home for two hours, and I think I'm on my fifth. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It goes nice with a little bit of Jack Daniels. Also, we have with us tonight Chad Lozan in the house. How you doing, Chad? Good. It's a yay Friday day. Yay. Yeah, uh, I have a three-day week, week next week. Ooh, very nice. nice. Must be nice, my friend. And what you yes, drinking? A uh, sugar, zero sugar <clears throat> peach iced tea. Right on. And I'm saving the best for last because we've got Elix in the house and he always comes correct with some kind of fancy schmancy whiskey and shit. Some Laphroaig, some, some, some shit that's like $200 a bottle. Elix, what you got tonight and how you doing, brother? Hello, everybody. Tonight I've got Brooklady 8. The classic, a unpeated Isla single malt. There, see, what did I say? 
Got that scotch. Fancy. Got that. Well, not technically not scotch, but got that whiskey. No, it it's scotch. It's okay. this is single malt scotch whiskey. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Right on. Uh, I thought it sounded. I was like, I don't recognize that. I thought, oh, okay, this is probably some, some probably some degen from up country, some Canadian thing, eh? If Lafroig is from Isla, this is also from Isla, but this this particular bottling isn't peated. Okay, goddamn, give me balls a tug, eh? I've I've been watching Letterkenny, so yeah, can't help myself. All right, the opening song was Nelly versus the Bee Gees, "Staying Hot" by Chris Loon. Uh, Link is in the show notes, but Wolf, go ahead and drop that. Can you you do me a favor and drop links for me tonight? I'm absolutely i'm fried as fuck so there's the link is going right now in all of the chats courtesy of wolf for you all right uh let me just delete this because that's last week's note whoo uh let's see here boom topic list we've got real life science a tribute to fallen space heroes of soyuz 11 mystery rocket crashes into the moon thing a week we're gonna talk about for all mankind briefly also thing a week game moon runner it's a free game it's cool as shit thing a week book we're gonna talk about andy weir's project hail mary this is a book you need to read holy shit is it good uh and that's it Fuck the plugs. We're skipping that. Yeah, subscribe if you want. Like it. Who fucking cares? Real Life Science. <clears throat> a tribute to Fallen Comrades. So we covered this last year, uh, and it's the anniversary. It is, again, uh, June 29th. <sighs> Let me post the thing here. There we go. There we go. So <clears throat> it's time to talk about Soyuz 11. The three-man crew of Soyuz 11, callsign Yantar, were uh, Georgi Dobrovolsky, Vladislav Volkov, and Viktor Patsayev. They had entered the space station on June 7th, and uh, the joint configuration of Soyuz and Salyut, which Salyut was the first space station uh, that uh, humanity put up, put up by the Soviet Union. The joined Soyuz capsule that they arrived in at Salyut Station was 21.4 meters long with a total living space of 100 cubic meters, which gave the cosmonauts a place to conduct scientific experiments, relax, and sleep. For the next 23 days, each crew member performed his scheduled experiments, which emphasized the study of human performance under uh, and in reaction to prolonged weightlessness. Uh, On June 29th, Uh, After completing their flight plan, the space dwellers transferred their scientific records, film, and logbooks to Soyuz in preparation for their return home. At 9.28 in the evening, the Brevolsky conducted the uh, undocked the ship and drifted free from the space station. After three additional orbits, Soyuz 11 crew notified ground control that they were beginning their descent. Mission control radioed, Goodbye, Yantar. Till we see you on Mother Earth. Dobrovolsky replied, thank you, be seeing you. I'm starting orientation. At 1.35 a.m., the retro rockets were fired uh, automatically for seven-minute burn, and the parachutes were deployed on schedule. 
Mission Control tried repeatedly to contact the crew at this time, but to no avail. When the recovery crews reached the descent vehicle and opened the access hatch, Dobrovolsky, Volkov, and Patsayev were dead in their contoured couches. So, people have died on rockets launching up into space, and we highly suspect that the Soviets have lost multiple people in space, but the only three people that they've acknowledged officially are these three, Dobrovolsky, Volkov, and Patsayev. So technically, these are the only three humans that have died in space. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the American space program has, have lost multiple astronauts in, in attempting to launch but they were not in space. So these were the first three human beings, heroes of our species, who gave their life in an attempt to colonize space in, while in space. Um, this is just a little thing. I know we covered it last year, but this is a thing we're going to cover basically every year on the anniversary because this is to me extremely important these are not soviet heroes these are heroes of humanity these were heroes who gave their lives in the exploration of space for all mankind and uh I don't really give a shit about flags and whatnot. I don't. I think all this tribal bullshit is stupid. Um, for me, this is just a matter of anybody. I don't give a shit if you're an American astronaut, uh, a Russian cosmonaut, a Chinese taikonaut, whoever you are, if you're going up there, they deserve absolute respect. And anyone who launches... You know, say a prayer for them or keep a good thought out. Whatever it is your beliefs are, because uh, space wants to kill you at all times. And uh, these guys are, are, and women, men and women, all, you know, whatever, are, are putting it out there for the development and the, and the furtherance of our species and and just cannot be saluted enough. Um, guys, anybody want to hop in on this? Yeah, there's there's always a great deal of, of something to be said for those who are daring enough to strap themselves onto a very, very closely controlled explosion mm -hmm. to propel themselves free from the bounds of Earth and its gravitational hold. To become one with the stars. Mm. And you know what? Sometimes shit don't go well. Mm -hmm. Well said. I mean, to your point about flags, isn't it, uh, isn't it the hope that as more go up, uh, they, they realize uh, just how big space is and how small we are. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're all dependent on each other. And that's, you know what? That's a thing that I've heard from multiple um, astronauts, cosmonauts, taikonauts, whatever. 
when they come back to Earth and they're talked about later, they talk about it. They they talk about looking down on our pale blue dot and not seeing any lines anywhere like you see on the maps. They just see one small, fragile sort of you know the biosphere that is floating along in space and one little species of mostly hairless monkeys that are riding on it and are hopefully going to get their shit together and move forward as as a species for for the good of all mankind <clears throat> all right god damn that always gets me a little choked up i'm not gonna lie uh, guys, have you? Uh, ha, who all has heard about this mystery of a rocket that crashed into the moon uh, back in March? Have, has everybody heard about that? I've seen the headline. I haven't read into it, so I'm curious. Well, let's look. I read about it a little bit today during lunch, and I found it a little bit hard to follow, <laughs> mainly because things were on fire at work. Well, let's let's look at it and let's test out this new picture-in-picture thing that we've got to hopefully stop us from getting stupid desk copyright whatever the hell uh from youtube um now look i'm gonna warn you up front wait i think uh ds okay dlc is up all right i'm gonna warn you up front this article starts awesome and then gets weird uh <laughs> i i looked through multiple like there were multiple uh USA Today and 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 this one and that one and whatever and they were all kind of like really really bland. This one lays it out well and then takes a huge turn there. So let's try this whole. Now anybody who's watching this who's like, why is it this little picture and I can see no man's guy in the background? This is the dumb shit you have to do to appease the YouTube fucking algorithm. So let's play it and then we'll pause and talk and play it and pause and talk and all the shit that I don't like. Speaking of a mess. A rocket crash on the moon has left scientists baffled. It was first reported in the month of March. Three I don't think the audio is coming through correctly. Very quiet. It was you can't hear it? And this is something unusual, say scientists. It's getting louder. A series of claims and counterclaims are being made, but all of them fail to explain this mystery. Long story short is nobody knows where the rocket is coming. Nobody knows where the rocket is from. Nobody knows who fired up and nobody's saying. Okay. The, the, yep. The video is still playing. Hold on. I'm about to play it here. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, I was muted just there. Sorry about that. Here we go. Humans last visited the moon <clears throat> in 1972 and haven't returned ever since. It's been half a century. This rocky visitor to our night sky remains a fairly unfamiliar place with many unresolved mysteries. The latest one has left scientists baffled. A group of researchers from Arizona say that a mystery rocket crashed on the moon in the month of March. No one knows where it came from or what it looked like. Whether it was meant for the moon 
or spiraled out of trajectory. But a rocket crashed for sure. It struck the fair side of the moon at 7.25 a.m. Eastern Time on March 4. The crash site was the Hetzspan Crater, a 350-mile-wide basin that's out of sight of anyone on Earth. And here's the most intriguing bit. The impact of the crash created not one, but two craters. This is unusual by scientific standards. No other rocket crash on the moon has created double craters. Not once in history. Scientists say this may be because the rocket had large masses at each end. But this too is unusual. Typically, a rocket has mass concentrated at the motor end. The rest of the body consists of an empty fuel tank. So the mystery persists. No one on Earth is owning up, and the speculation is falling flat. At first, scientists say the rocket was the second stage of a SpaceX Falcon 9. Alright, so at first they thought, hey man, SpaceX Falcon 9 from 2017? No, it wasn't. They did the math and it's like, nope, that does not add up and we wouldn't have crashed something into the moon so yeah i launched in 2015 but its trajectory was found incompatible and the theory was junked after more digging scientists say it is a long march 3c rocket launched from china way back in october 2014. now china says this is not the case but they're famous for not keeping track of their shit they literally just launch it and it's like oh well it goes where it goes honestly statistically speaking if i had to bet i would say this is probably where it goes i don't who knows though all right and i'm warning you this is the part where the, this story which up until now is very factual and matches all of the stuff that I've been reading when I look up on NASA, when I look up on all of the different sites that are in any way reputable. And then, now this guy, I don't know if he's going off script or what, but he's about to go off into the fucking weeds, so just sort of let it go. Beijing has denied this. It said that rocket had re-entered the Earth's atmosphere and burned up. So, all we have are false positives. What will it take to solve this mystery? Time. The researchers who made this discovery say they need more time to fill the gaps. To find out if the rocket was launched by humans or by an extraterrestrial species. Uh, spoiler alert, no. The rocket that came from fucking the direction of the Earth was not launched by aliens. Jesus fucking Christ, I can't believe I have to say that out loud. That is, assuming they exist. Bureau report, we are. Wild is wild. We are is now available in your country. Download. All right. Look, I feel bad because I wanted to play that straight through to the end because I feel like if you play a thing and then cut out the last 10 seconds where they get stupid, that's like disingenuous. That's dishonest. That you're kind of whatever but like the fact of the matter is like the story was really well documented and 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 scientifically presented until the last like five seconds where the guy's like could it be alien no it's not aliens fucking knock it off
Don't be stupid. He just wanted to channel his inner Giorgio Sukalos. Come right? on. Right? On that note, hold on. Let's reload. Uh, I, 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 God damn. I honestly think it was China. China's famous for just launching shit, not keeping track of it, and then going afterwards like, no, that, no, that wasn't us. We, no, we didn't do that. It's like, dude. I, I, think there's, I think there's a pretty simple explanation for this. Go ahead. Uh, anyone who's played Kerbal knows what <laughs> happens when you don't check your staging. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's so embarrassing, they don't want to own up to it. But obviously, the third stage fired before the second stage detached, and now you've got this, or the, the second stage fired before the third stage, and you've got a full stage floating through space. That's why there was mass at both ends. That's my take. Wow. Hot take. Anybody else want to hop in? Hilarious, if true. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that I think it's probably China. Um, I would blame Russia, but we have a pretty good idea of what Russia is sending into space, and they don't have much to. They don't have much money to just send random shit up and not tell anyone. In fairness, I'll say this. I think it's fashionable to bag on Russia these days. Russia, and before that, the Soviet Union, kept damn good track of the trajectories of all of the stuff that they launched. China is famous for just going, YOLO! It lands where it lands! Who knows? Like, well, I'm, not, they, I'm not a fan of Russia. Up. I'm not a fan of they, Russia, but they this is not Russia. Russia keeps track of their shit. China's shown a lot more specific interest in the moon than Russia has any time recently. Isn't that true? Right? They have, so, and yeah, not only that, like, not only that, it could be a YOLO, it lands where it lands scenario, because, like, they don't even keep track of their Long March 5 booster stages. They had, they've had multiple of them just land wherever they land, and they're like, all right, if you're going to sue us, we'll settle. But, um, like, one of theirs landed, like in the area of a village in Africa, another of theirs landed actually in their own territory. The booster stage landed in their own territory and just demolished a road. And it was like, well, thank God nobody was on that road. No one was harmed, according to their official state records. Um, but yeah, they just launched shit. And they're like, it'll go where it goes. Whatever. What do we care? Chances are it'll probably be okay. I'm just waiting for the day that a long March 5 rocket booster stage lands on, like, the White House or some shit. And then it's like, oh, you done fucked up, son. Now it's going to be a problem. But, like, they're literally their thing is, statistically speaking, it probably won't land anywhere important. We'll see. Like, the Earth is more water than not, so probably it lands in the water. Like, that's not a responsible way to handle your booster stage. You should make sure that you planned for it to land in the water, because just going, it'll probably land in water, means it could also land in the middle of Manhattan, or Paris, or London. God forbid it lands on the Vatican. Golly! 
What is this, a Roland Emmerich movie? <laughs> right? No, but I mean, like, legit, China is just launching it and going, we're not going to take the time to figure out where it lands. That's not our problem. If it lands somewhere, it'll probably be water. And if not, there's a good chance it'll be like, you know, in the middle of the Sahara Desert or in the middle of the Amazon rainforest, in which case we'll just pay a small settlement fine. Like, that's, I'm not joking. That's actually China's response. They're like, wherever it lands, we'll settle the damages. Like, what? Bro, please stop with that. At the same uh, time, like, they're doing things that, like, so, Tianwen-1, the Chinese space station, is the absolute first human station that is using both chemical propellant rockets and also, though, ion propellant, like, first in human history. They have plans to hit Mars in 2033. They have plans to get Mars sample returns in 2031. Both of those first in human history. Like, it's a weird position because you want to criticize their disregard for human rights and disregard for safety. But at the same time, you have to salute the fact that they're doing what America isn't. So it's like, criticize with the left hand, praise with the right hand. Super awkward. Uh, Wintermute asked an interesting question in the chat. How did NORAD and Space Command miss this? I'm, I'm thinking, isn't it that they have, uh, they're doing all they can to measure, you know, uh, track what's going around the Earth. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know that there's a whole lot of uh, <clears throat> really good coverage of what's going around the moon. So the answer, Wintermute, is that NORAD is keeping track on anything that's on an ICBM trajectory coming back into Earth orbit. So when China just randomly drops shit on Ohio or Tibet or London, NORAD will track that. NORAD isn't paying attention to shit that's being aimed at the moon or Venus, or Mars, or all of the trash that is in upper Earth orbit. But NORAD does track the shit that's in lower Earth orbit. That's an interesting thing. Technically, anything that's in upper Earth orbit or above would be the domain of Space Command and or... What is it? The the No... Technically, if it's higher than upper Earth orbit, it wouldn't even be part of the Earth. There's a thing where it was like the Planetary Defense Organization, which is like a subdivision of NASA. This is, it gets weird. You get into the weirds really, you get into the weeds really, really fast of like, who the fuck keeps track of that? Spoiler alert, it's probably fucking China. But we'll see. They're going to look into it. They tracked it. They know exactly when it fucking crashed. They need time to track back and try to go through trajectories. And well, it, it could have been a while ago, too, that the thing took off. I mean, right? it could have been a decade ago. But, like, yeah. probably it was in the five to eight year ago range. But, like, yeah. I, the one thing I'm sure of, 
sorry, random African dude from Wyon. It wasn't aliens. Fucking knock that shit off. It was a piece of debris that came from the, the trajectory that took it from Earth to the moon. It wasn't aliens. All right. <clears throat> Anybody else on the mystery rocket before we move on to thing a week? All right. For all mankind. Holy shit, is this show good, guys. I know we're not covering week to week all the stuff. You know, the man who fell to earth, which is great. Uh, the Orville, fantastic. Obi-Wan. So, so. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett finished. We're waiting on the next season. But, oh, Star Trek Strange New World. Fuck, yes. But for all mankind, this is a show you've got to get into. It is so fucking good. Um, anybody on the panel here watching it along with me week to oh, week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I what bought Apple TV for it. It's that good. And uh, I, the other thing I'd say is, it's one of the few shows that, um, like, me and the boys will geek out on it. But this, my, my wife and my daughter love it too. And they're, oh, they're hell not yeah. space geekery. It's just awesome TV. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, really good stuff. Hell yeah. I will be caught up with you uh, by Sunday. Right on. The new one drops today, isn't it? Yeah, the new one did drop today. Technically, it's there. Apple TV. Yeah. The new one dropped last night around 10 p.m. That's how they do. Okay. Yeah. It's good. No spoilers. We're going to talk about it at the end of the season, but I really just have to throw it out there. Uh, this is episode, what, four? Of For All Mankind? That sounds right. Season three? We wa we watched all of season one and season two in prep for season three coming mm -hmm. out. It was just, it was even better the second time through. It is just awesome TV. It absolutely is, without question. Which takes us to games. Holy shit, we got a cool one to talk about. Let me show you the trailer of Moonrunner.
All right. That's Moonrunner. This game is 100% free right now on Steam. It is pre-release. They say that it's free now and it'll be free later. I don't know, but get it now. Why don't you? Super cool game. I first heard about it from Obsidian Ant. <clears throat> um, really, really neat. I'll say this. To me, the fact that you're running around looking for these obelisks, it reminds me of the short story written by Isaac Asimov, which... Wait. Was it Asimov or Clark? Arthur C. Clarke. That wrote... Uh, yeah, it was Arthur C. Clarke who wrote 2001. So, 2001 A Space Odyssey originated from a short story that Clark wrote about <clears throat> uh, basically astronauts on the moon who were going around looking for stuff and they found a, a small... Uh, yeah, the Sentinel is the name of the story. They found a small obelisk on the moon and they were like, oh, what the fuck? This is very clearly... This is unquestionably signs of advanced intelligence on the moon and we didn't make it and it's tens of thousands of years old and we got here within the last 50 years so what the fuck um very neat game looks cool looks very much along the lines of a kind of a nomansky-ish whatever but <clears throat> you're running around and investigating on the moon uh, I think if you're looking for a good price point, free seems decent to me. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you guys and think? I got some Astroneer uh, vibes off of it, like right right at the very start <clears throat> when you just kind of jump in, and the way that the UI was for putting up the ladder and whatnot. I also just added it to my Steam library because free ninety nine is uh, a great price for something to just have some hahas with. Yeah. I got some like Death Stranding vibes from it. it and I you know what? Someone who yeah. that game. No joke. Literally, that was a thing that was mentioned uh, that it very much had Death Stranding vibes. So it was that's yeah, a good I mean, catch. I I think it's really interesting. Like it's I there's a challenge to how you play it because you can't just leap around like a moron. Like you are not a superhero that's you know, able to just f go flying forever. Mm. You are a human being with, you know, you are very fragile and you're in a suit with a finite amount of energy mm. and you have to make tactical decisions about how to basically get from point A to point B with what you've got on hand because you're, you're not, you know, you're not playing Quake. You can't just leap and bunny hop forever. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So that is Moonrunner. Go and check it out. Next up, let's talk about sci-fi books. Uh, here is a little trailer that I want you to check out. Let me talk about it.
All right, so <clears throat> that is the Random House trailer for Andy Weir's book, Project Hail Mary. Uh, real quick, going around the, the panel, who all here has read that book? I've read it. Yeah. All right, anybody else? All right. <clears throat> I don't want to give away spoilers, so I'm going to be careful in how I say this, but this book has everything with regard to science. I've, I've read it and then reread it. I've read it twice. It has <clears throat> what I think will be the more likely scenario of us finding Earth, or not Earth, Jesus Christ, uh, life <clears throat> outside of Earth. Which is going to be, hey, it's a microbe, it's a whatever, it's a this, it's a, you know, single-celled organism. In this case, they call it astrophage. That has some interesting properties that <clears throat> are sort of central to the premise of the book. But we've already found signs of life on Mars. Uh, Viking 1 and 2 both found signs of life. And the guy that was heading up that project really pissed off NASA in jumping the gun and, like, boasting and writing stuff. And they didn't like the way that he went about it, and they minimized. They did a lot to minimize his work. <clears throat> um, so, eh. But we've also found both oxygen on Mars, which shouldn't be there. It would react with stuff, whatever. We found... Uh, uh, methane, small amounts of methane, which shouldn't be there. We found phosphine on Venus, which shouldn't be there. We have multiple signs <clears throat> that... Now, in, in fairness, oxygen shouldn't be there at all. It would, it would, it would dissipate too quickly. But, 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 yep. but methane and phosphine both could potentially be explained away by uh what do you call it not like volcanic activity or whatever like heat vents could make small pockets of methane small pockets of phosphine it would probably dissipate fairly quickly but like i mean who knows man until we get there and are able to do tests by humans much better like Maybe, 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 maybe there's some long explanation why this isn't whatever. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is there is, by an order of magnitude, a much higher chance that we will find life, extraterrestrial life. When we find it, it will probably be something along the lines of single-celled organisms, amoeba, uh, 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 algae type things that are there. It's not going to be, you know, a predator or a fucking ET or, a, you know, whatever. It's not, <clears throat> I mean, the, those kind of things could exist, but like, there's a much higher chance that when we find alien life, it's going to be some little tiny algae bug amoeba type thing. And that exists in this book. This book also has a, a incredible, I mean, it's a stretch, and it's definitely a MacGuffin that's added into the book, but a credible, if you do the math, explanation on <clears throat> how we could theoretically find a mass conversion propulsion system. 
<clears throat> it has actual sentient alien life. It has a mission to another star. It has all of Earth gathering together and pooling resources in a absolutely like emergency level mission to save the future of mankind. All of these things and more this book has. They are in talks now. I think somebody bought the rights and they're developing it. I don't know if they're going to develop it. I really hope they don't make a movie of it. I hope they turn it into a Game of Thrones style thing, but like don't fuck up the ending. But like <clears throat> a, a really good series a la The Expanse, a la the whatever. I could see, honestly, season one being <clears throat> pre launch that whole part season two being uh you know post-launch whatever and, and then maybe if you want to do a season three either season two can wrap it up or a season three being m most of the wrap-up of the the mission which i don't want to spoiler and then with a flashback and you know what i'm talking about roy a flashback that gives away that one last thing from the, hey, how did this end up happening? And then you're like, oh, that changes how you see a certain character. I mean, it does and it doesn't. You still feel for that character because you've gone along with them for the ride. But like, <clears throat> I could see this being really, really well done. I don't want to see this try to be wrapped up in two hours. It's just too much. It's yeah, too good of a story. But like, imagine... This is a two-season story where the star of season one is actually the administrator that's leading the mission and a side character of season one who, who is a, a very key protagonist but but is sort of a on the side is the star of season two. Uh, I feel... God. Look, just... If you're listening to the show, trust me, because I can't... I, I, I've, I've said already too much. All I can say is, if you read this book, you will thank me. Roy, hop in here. Uh, help me. Yeah. It's, um, so I got a few things I think I could say without spoiling things. Go um, for it. Which is tough. Uh, I mean, look, I, I've, as uh, I'm sure many of our listeners have, and, and many of the, <clears throat> the crew here, read a lot of science fiction. Just read a lot of science fiction. And this book is different. Um, mm -hmm. in a way I would say that, um, it's definitely got hard sci-fi, uh, like it's, it's wrapped in hard sci-fi Yep. and, but it's got this sort of fun center to it that, um, in a way, in some ways reminds me of, you know, obviously bits of the Martian where you've just got this, this string of moments that are, uh, geeky giddy discovery mm. and it's just it's just pure joy these all and it's just and he manages to pepper these all throughout the story and just just having so many of those moments where there's a small crisis and they work through it a small crisis or a big crisis and they work through it and and i mean yes just hearing my hearing myself say this out loud you might think well isn't that what science fiction always is mm. he's got something special going here in the way that um and i and i think and this kind of brings me to a, a second point which is um, I watched uh, an interview he did 
recently talking about this book, and one of the things he shared was that uh, he recognizes that as an author, he he needs to work more on on character development, character depth, mm. and this was the first book he'd written where the protagonist wasn't just him as mm-hmm. an astronaut, mm-hmm. wasn't just Andy Weir as an you know some some some. Uh, uh, faster, faster, smarter, stronger. The Mary Sue version, version of himself. Yeah, yeah. Yes, right. So, um, which and and I think he did an awesome job of it. I think the characters in this, um, the two that become the main characters, are just um, they're just so much fun. And and I think I think people that read this book will will see aspects of themselves in both characters. And there's there's almost like if I was to add anything to like the giddy geeky discovery fun, it's like there's a childlike aspect of it Absolutely. that I think harkens back to like uh, if if any of us have memories of like playing with toys as kids, it's mm-hmm. like it's that kind of energy, that kind of curiosity, which I think sometimes gets a bit lost in. Um, I mean, there's lots of space opera style books that are so hard sci-fi, gritty, noir. Uh, dystopian, like this was just different. This is different in a fun and really rewarding way. Um, mm. I think the last thing I'd say is, so I I read read The Martian. I didn't read Artemis. I think it's actually in my Kindle, and I haven't it's, read it. It's you're not, but it's okay. You're but, good, right? So, and this is what's put me off is is uh, I think I'd pre-ordered it or something, and then I started reading reviews, and and it's like, well, I've got three other things to read. That let's just wait and see how that ages. Um, Having read having read uh, Hail Mary, and then seeing other people's comments of the three, it's like this is a return to form. This is mm-hmm. as as good as as good as maybe better in some ways than The Martian, and Artemis was whatever it was. So if you're if you're kind of <laughs> bummed about you read the Artemis and you read Artemis and you're like mm-hmm. ah, I don't want to read anymore from this guy, don't don't think like that. This is different. He's, he's taken some feedback and done some homework and this is a better book. So absolutely. I think this is the greatest book he's written. I think, and I love the Martian. I've, I've, I've reread the Martian like four times. I love the Martian. This is better. Um, Artemis, the way I explained it, I forget when I, I explained it to someone not that long ago. Artemis is basically like a Neil Stevenson book. It's very much like Snow mm. Crash and whatever. It's like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, and don't get me wrong, but basically, let's be honest. Neil Stevenson is like libertarian porn. It's like, you know, the government is evil and you have to try to screw them over. It's very Ready Player One. It's very Fight the Man. It's very, you know, it's just, it's libertarian porn. And I'm not a political person, but I do sort of skew towards libertarian whatever. So, like, I'm the target audience, but it's, it's not what I want from Andy Weir. From Andy Weir, I want... Uh, a, a a a cool science story that leads that gets epic but is based in hard sci-fi um having read project hail mary twice i will say i want a funko pop rocky and at the same time i think it would probably be nightmare fuel I fucking, but I love Rocky. Oh yeah, God damn yeah. it, I love Rocky, and I love the fact that this book portrays an alien intelligence that is so far advanced ahead of us 
in so many ways, but so far behind us in so many other ways. And it's like, yeah, no, that makes absolute sense. It's all grounded in plausible explanations of you have these senses, you don't have those. You would be so far ahead of us on A, B, and C, you would have no clue about D, E, and F. It's it's crazy. It's so good. Yeah. Please, please. It, it is a book. Go that, read it is a book that is intellectually delicious. I'll, I'll say it that way. It's just he he hits the right notes. Character development's better, um, and and he uh, self admittedly he he has a, an optimistic spirit about the whole thing. So hundred percent. It's a bit of a break from some of these like really depressing dystopian stories. Yeah. Even though there's a massive dystopian challenge in this book to kick it off. So mm-hmm. yeah, very enjoyable. All right, so that is our review of Andy Weir's book, Project Hail Mary. Go and check it out. Links are in the show notes, and we posted it already in the chat for you. You're going to love it. It's time to talk about some Nomanski. Check it out.
All right. That was Kyle Culver. Death is not the end. No Man's Sky cinematic. That was a tribute to this expedition that is currently uh, going on <clears throat> in No Man's Sky, which is fucking amazing. We're going to talk about it in detail next week. <clears throat> Break it down after it's done. Uh, that takes me to the next point, which is the expedition update. We There's four days to go. This expedition ends on July 5th. And you might be thinking... Oh, there's not enough time. We can't, uh, I can't get it done. Yeah, you can. I just posted a link in the chat for you and it'll be in the show notes. For those thinking it's too late to start, Jason Plays posted a video, How to Finish the Leviathan Expedition in Under an Hour. There's no excuse. Go and do it. It's totally cool. <clears throat> Next up, and hear me out. Because I know, believe me, I know this is about to sound weird. The hub world or whatever community that there's a group, the hub, hub, the hub or whatever, <clears throat> that community in Nomansky is doing, is creating their own NFT, their own non-fungible token now i will tell you this when i first heard about this i was like oh fuck off stay away nfts are this generation's beanie babies stay the fuck away from nomansky it's a beautiful thing don't screw it up but let me let me please hear me out for just a second here's a couple of things number one this is not being put out by hello games it's being put out by the community number two this is not intended to become a make money thing. They've said flat out, here's the article from vice.com. They're doing this very, very different. This is not even remotely intended to become. They literally say they want this NFT to remain worthless. This is not a making money scheme. You will never make money on this. In fact, there's a thing that's placed right into it where if you're caught selling this, you get banned and removed from the community. The idea of this <clears throat> is that the community would create a what's it uh, a, a a a currency? Currency. That's I was like uh, there's a word that starts with the C. I can't think of what it is. A currency. And it literally is a way, it's a bartering system for like favors and whatever. Like, hey, I need help with this mission. I'm willing to pay you, you know, 50 guinea quids. Hey, you are going to farm up a blah, or you're going to find a location that has this kind of a pet, or you're going to find this type of a gun, and I'm going to pay you 100 guinea quids, and then you're going to take that money and you're going to pay somebody to help you with the mission this is number one not at all for real money this is nothing to do with real currency they want they've specific specifically and explicitly stated this has to remain a zero dollars commodity they are just using it to trade back and forth it is a cool funky little experiment on <clears throat> a way for people in the community 
to exchange some tokens back and forth with each other. Because, let's be honest, the one thing about No Man's Sky is you can go on a, one of those registry, edit, whatever things, and you can just make anything. Oh, I want to have $10 billion. Oh, I want to have all of the, I forget whatever the fucking, the little coiny things are that you use to trade in for the cosmetic items. Oh, I, I want to have all of the, <clears throat> the, the little things that you use to upgrade your whatever. Like, all of that shit you can duplicate. So this is just <clears throat> a cool, funky side thing of creating a player with player currency community whatever that <clears throat> would motivate people quicksilver there you go would motivate people <clears throat> to do things with and for each other this and i cannot say this clearly enough this doesn't have any any whatsoever value in dollars this isn't about money this is about players doing things with players when i again when i first heard this i was i wanted to vomit i was like keep nfts the fuck away from nomansky but then when i read through what all this is and how they're specifically saying they never want this to have any dollar value that's not what this is then it was like okay man that's not my thing but it's neat. Okay, I, 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 okay, I, I, I salute you. You do you. I, I think this has some actually some um, pretty interesting features. Um, I was reading through the the linked article from the show notes, and um, I mean, for people who um, are into crypto, this is on the test net for Ethereum. And uh, which means you can use all the same features of Ethereum, um, but it's play money, basically. And one of the key differences with how uh, this player group is using this is they're basically using it like a social capital token, if that makes any sense. Yep. Like doing useful things for the community gets you these <clears throat> coins and you can trade them amongst yourselves for in-game items, but you can't turn it into real cash, which is where... A lot of, and it's mentioned in this article, a lot of other games fall down that are based around crypto and NFTs because people play the game as a means to the end of cashing out for real cash. So the the playing of the game is just a bit of a farce in that scenario. Here, because they've sort of blocked that exit, it, it only works for things that are useful to other players, mm -hmm. which is actually pretty neat. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat, funky little experiment that it's the exact opposite of anything to do with any other NFTs. This is not that. Um, <clears throat> anybody else have anything on this before we move on to Star Citizen? Uh, I will say that my first reaction, Kai, was exactly like yours. Yep. Having heard that, okay, fine, cool. Yeah, I still personally have problems with using blockchain technology for doing whatever because that's a lot of wasted energy. Well, so um, this isn't. This isn't. That's another thing. This doesn't. This isn't done the way Bitcoin is, where it's like mining or whatever. This is. So there is proof of work and proof of stake blockchain. Proof of work means 
you have to actually do stuff and and spend electricity to do the work with a GPU or with whatever to like mm-hmm. get the whatever. This doesn't do that. This just basically the people who run it, they have they get basically for 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 next to nothing or for absolutely nothing a chunk of of currency that they give out to people who do missions or whatever. This isn't a thing that you you don't mine it. This doesn't cuz you're absolutely right. That is very electricity intensive and is uh, a a net uh negative for the environment. This isn't that. I know okay, well, I probably sound sounds stupid. fun to me. <clears throat> I know I sound stupid. It's cuz I am. I don't know enough about all that stuff, but I did look in that was one thing that concerned me too and they were like, "No, no. You don't mind this. This is just a thing that the community has and they hand out to people for doing missions it's they're literally just yeah it's monopoly money they're just basically adding an extra layer onto this that is and again this isn't from hello games this isn't from the company that makes the games this is a community driven thing and i'm not interested in taking part you may or may not be. If you are interested, for people who love this game and really want to do stuff where it's like they want to do things with player, like other players in the community, randos, this is super cool. For me, if I'm doing stuff in No Man's Sky, I'm doing it with my community, the Black Sky Legion community. We're doing stuff together. So I have no interest in this currency. But I think it's neat for those who want to, I don't know. Yeah, it's very much like the Reddit karma or whatever. It's it's not, okay, I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about this shit, so I'm probably fucking up left, right, and center. <laughs> Let's move on <clears throat> to Star Citizen. This week's Inside Star Citizen. It's eight minutes long, so check it out, and then we're going to talk about it. It's our last episode of the quarter. The patch is just around the corner. And speaking of which, what's in this quarter's Alpha 317-2 anyway? Let's recap in this quarter's patch report. Up first, let's start with some character items and these new variants of the RRS Specialist Heavy Armor coming to Alpha 317-2, including this traditional camo variant, an Arctic variant, and perhaps my personal favorite, the radiation-resistant Fallout variant. There's also a new Grey Cat backpack specifically for the purpose of collecting salvage in preparation for when that day arrives. And for subscribers, here's a blast from Star Citizen's past with a look at the exploration-themed vintage spacesuit commemorating RSI's first commercial spaceship, the Zeus. Be sure you keep an eye out for that when it becomes available in the coming months. And in the space above Microtech and Arcorp, you'll discover a number of new space stations being added that will make travel to and from these Stanton Classics easier than ever before, while adding additional visual flair through gas clouds at the Lagrange points, similar to those found around other planets. With so much of the focus on the upcoming pyro these days, it's important to keep refining and improving the locations of Stanton, and that includes the addition of more medical rooms at Grimhex, because with all the recent player pirate activity, it was causing a bit of a traffic jam at times. 
adding additional hangar exteriors for rest stops, enabling the addition of more small and medium hangars for ships to these locations and the ability to summon and store a greater variety of spacecraft along the way. And down on the surface of our planets, the beginnings of our derelict outpost rollout, starting with these relics of past life in the verse on Microtech. Designed to create more opportunities for exploration, missions, loot, and the like, 3.17.2 will find several here as more are added in subsequent patches throughout the remainder of this year. And speaking of missions, Alpha 3.17.2 has additions and refinements galore, starting with the revamp of the Combat Assist Service Beacon system, aiming to provide a more natural progression for players from fighting Tiny Aurora all the way up to massive Idrises, or Idri, or Idro, I don't know. There's also more collect and delivery mission progression for the dedicated criminal element and those who maybe just want a little more scratch by stepping just outside the lines of the law sometimes. And then there's the new crashed reclaimer derelict settlements, which come with a variety of new missions requiring players to explore, attack, defend, and otherwise experience the majesty of these fantastic new locations made possible with help from the next major milestone from our AI team, Dynamic Planetary Nav Mesh, which will allow mission designers to begin adding NPC life to not just these new derelicts, but any other curiosities you might find on the surface of Stanton's planets and moons. And if you thought the crashed reclaimers were the only new derelicts to explore on Alpha 3.17.2, be sure you head out into the farthest reaches of Stanton and discover for yourself a host of new mission content linked to these brand new space-bound derelicts included in this quarter's patch as well. Then finally, the big mammer jammer dynamic event of them all so far, the Siege of Orizon is bringing with it an FPS event the likes of which has never been attempted in Star Citizen, pitting players against the criminally industrialist Ninetales in a battle to decide how Orizon should be pronounced. Is it Orizon or Horizon? Potato? Tomato? We may never know, but the battle across this new expansion to the Orizon landing zone will be an involved one with many, many fronts. Can you tell I recorded the patch report at a different time? But while we're talking about the Siege of Orizon, while we do want to leave most of its twists and turns for you to discover on your own, we did ask Luke and Elliot from the Mission Feature Team for some helpful hints to this year's major event. Let's see what they had to say in a segment that we're calling Siege of Orison Top 10 Pro Tips. This event is like nothing you've experienced in Star Citizen so far. You will need to prepare. You will need ammo, weapons, armor, Otherwise, you will not make it out alive. For this event, we have a iffy, which is the identifier friend or foe inverter. And basically what that does is that's going to turn the platform's turrets onto the side of the Ninetales. It also affects the restricted area, so you won't be able to fly your ship in. These are, new platforms are huge, um, and we have done the, the best we can to sign these and put maps up all over the place that show you like you are here you'll find signage all around that shows you where shuttles are to get between the islands however they are slightly different to how shuttles 
uh, currently work. They're more like elevators in that you have to call them to your location and when you get in, you have to send them to the next location. So be aware of that. You can't get to all the islands via the shuttles, but we've put enough toys around to allow you to get there a different way. So there are various locked containers all over the island. You'll need a code to get into them. Make sure to check them all because they have a multitude of surprises. We've added a maze uh, in this somewhere. Uh, just remember that you can't jump as far when you're wearing heavy armor. This event might take a while, so don't forget to loot your fallen enemies. We decided we weren't going to hold the player's hand in this mission. There are a lot of optional secret objectives that players will have to figure out for themselves. With combat assist service beacons, illegal collect and delivery missions, a variety of new missions and NPC opportunities embedded in the new Reclaimer derelicts, the Siege of Orison and more, Alpha 317-2 may have the numbering of just a little tiny point patch, but there's a whole bunch of new gameplay packed with it. Now that about does it for this quarter's ISE, but keep an eye on the robertspaceindustries.com website for details on the release of Alpha 317-2 while we're on our regularly scheduled hiatus. And uh, when we come back, maybe we'll do so from inside the new performance capture stage being built right next door. For Inside Star Citizen, I'm Jared Huckabee, closing out once more from the very noisy ninth floor of the Manchester Goods Yard building. And this is where I'm told Aaron Roberts' office is going to be. So let me just clean these windows here a bit. We'll see you all next month. Nice. Am I the only one that wants to see one of these weak Jared standing there and there's just a bunch of dozers from Fraggle Rock behind him just doing their thing? Just, just Oh, it would be hilarious. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So that was ISC for this week. Let's go around the horn and let's let everybody have their say. How about we start with Roy? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I'm super excited for Seeds of Orison. That mm -hmm. is... I. And it didn't happen until I watched the video this time, but when they were looking at the map, he said, like, we put signage around and stuff. I don't know if it's because it's a, it's a location that we're used to seeing sort of in pristine condition, and mm -hmm. now it's, you know, kind of burnt mm -hmm. and broken a bit. But I, I actually had a bit of a flash, like, like Destiny, Bungie Destiny for a second there from a lot, you know, in Destiny, there's a lot of outdoor locations that are you know, run down and, and it's sort of the fallen glory kind of um, theme that goes through a lot of the, the, the landscapes there. But anyway, bit random, but that, that was like a fun tingle I got from watching that just now. Um, like this is a really cool outdoor environment. Mm. I'm sure there's indoor spaces as well, but um, yeah, looking forward to that. Mm. Chad? It looks all looks fabulous. Yes, there are indoor spaces on the Seeds of Wars, and it's oh, yeah. unbelievably large. Mm -hmm. One of four platforms, and the first one you go to is the smallest. Think about that when you first go. Mm -hmm. So overall, the, the lots of systemic stuff, the nav mesh, now we can have on-surface missions, situations, whatever, mm -hmm. which is great. NPCs landing on their own, great. Uh, the hundred or more... Bug fixes in this in this release, fantastic. Mm. 
just everything about it is just a, a awesome stuff that people have been asking for or waiting for for a long time. Uh, so, and they really get to show off the whole ground part of the game as mm -hmm. opposed to just ship, 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 ship. Right on. Wolf? I like that they say they're going to hide some stuff so that uh, there's going to be little secret side objectives and things you can do because uh, that sense of discovery and whatnot that you can get from just going somewhere and screwing around and maybe doing not exactly what you think you're supposed to be doing. That's fun. And uh, that uh, vintage space suit, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that at some point I can get my hands on one of those because... Uh, yeah, that thing looks super cool. Looks, I think it looks way better than uh, a lot of the other helmets and stuff that we have um, in the game right now. I see uh, in Twitch, the Genji. Fun fact, Jared was a security official on a construction uh, co for a construction contractor before working for CIG, so this is not his first time. Actually, you're in the ballpark. You're not exactly right. If I think what you're referring to is... Jared actually worked, I forget which one it was, but he was the sanitation manager for a ballpark. I forget, was it San Francisco? or It was some big ballpark, and he was, it, so like it, it, he didn't like work out, he wasn't like collecting trash bags or whatever. He was the manager for all of the employees <clears throat> that were collecting trash and doing all of the the cleanup and the whatever at, at, at a, uh, it was an NFL or, or, uh, 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 major league MLB. It was one of the two. It was one of those big outdoor stadium type whatevers. <clears throat> so yeah. Uh, Elix, what'd you think of all that? From my well, ISM? I mean, pretty awesome. Like they're, it just they're they're just adding more 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 like three seventeen two is all is almost all small things. Mm -hmm. oh, looks like we got a Roy issue. Um, it's almost all small things, but there's so many small things. Like there's the new specialist armor, specialist heavy armor. There's mm -hmm. the gray cat backpack, which is actually in the patch right now, but it's marked as a placeholder. Um, the there's new they're doing new stations. Mm -hmm. there's going to be more medical rooms and grim hacks. Like there's the derelict outpost, derelict reclaimers. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much good stuff. And that's, then that's not even the siege. You know, I just, I just hope that the servers are ready for siege of Orson. Cause you know, it's, it's already a low performing area compared to other places in the game. So yeah, with those volumetric clouds. Yeah, for sure. All right, I saved myself for last. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go ham on the stuff that that I noticed, and then we're gonna open this up just to a roundtable. Everybody, hop in. I'm not calling on anybody. Just hop in with your thoughts. <clears throat> Some stuff that I noticed. Number one, those new outfits are fucking amazing. Number two, that throwback outfit. I I I am not a subscriber, but I for sure am gonna fucking be a subscriber. Uh uh. Chad, Elix, let me know when it comes down to, hey, the subscribers this month get that throwback outfit, the the one that we use for the thumbnail. <clears throat> uh, well. That outfit, to me, screams, you know, 
influenced by Starfield, which is amazing. Screams, hey, uh, FDev just did their throwback outfit, which made them a ton of money. CIG, they're smart guys, man. And and when I say guys, I mean men, women, whatever, in the unisex way. And uh, for sure, for sure, I think they've seen that NASA Punk, people have, I have a massive boner for NASA Punk. I, it's just great. And I think I'm not alone. Anybody else, like, real quick. Show of hands. Who else saw that outfit and said, yes, yes, I'll pay you $10 for that fucking thing. I want that. It looks like NASA. Yeah. It looks like yeah. it looks like the outfits I, that you see. Take on, my money. Yes. I, yeah, I went full fry mode, shut up and take my money. Like, yes. I liked that thing. I'm already subbed. I'm just like, just make it happen sooner than later. I mean, it, it'll, be, it'll be a month or two. And when it comes, I will sub and I will buy because I must have. Um, yeah, this next month's subscriber item is bobbleheads, but sometime yeah. soon. Uh, so, you know, they talked about, hey, uh, we're adding new Lagrange points around a couple of planets. Hey, we're adding new hospital beds in, in, in Grimhex. Hey, we're adding new POIs, both derelicts, which are basically crashed, wrecked uh, ships that are planet-side that are broken up, whatever, and now are like an enemy camp POI and that have uh, the first uh, iteration of nav mesh AI. So so NPC people running around in general that you get to interact with. That's And that's a first, and that's coming to... They're starting here, but that's coming to basically all across the verse. They're going to have eventually it starts here and then they expand it a little and expand it a little and expand it a little over 18 fucking patches and then it's ever there's just people everywhere running around and doing their shit it has pois that are those wreck derelicts but not planet side just floating out in space as wreckage and you get to oh my god as an elite player please tell me how hard is your dick you get to Get out of your ship, EVA over, deal with the enemies, and loot fucking wrecked ships out in space. Yes, please, and thank you. Um, yeah. all, all, all of those things, you get to, you know, they, they talked about the, you know, <clears throat> uh, uh, stuff coming, including the Siege of Orison, which everybody else talked about, which is, amazing and has a, a you know i think you guys all did a good job of catching all of for the most part the the things they did say hey some of the platforms you can go from platform to platform to platform using the shuttles which you're going to use like an elevator you have to actually proactively like say go here go there it's not like the regular shuttles where you just get on and it goes where it's supposed to go but they also said you can't get to all of the places on the shuttle some of the places you're going to need to use other things and we left quote unquote toys to get you from a to b you heard it here first kids pogo sticks jumping from platform to platform or possibly spaceships out there for you to grab and improvise you know whatever whatever grappling seems, hooks whatever seems Ooh. more pogo sticks grappling hooks or spaceships whatever seems more re, you know plausible to you Can, i'm gonna bring out an observation and i want you guys to all hop in on this something occurs to me they talked about 
new POIs on planet side, new POIs in space, new stations in Lagrange points, new hospital rooms in cities, new locations, 90 different fucking ways in this thing. They removed Letsky because they were up to the item budget. They were at the point where they didn't have room to add more shit into Stanton. The Stanton system was too full. To me, this absolutely screams, oh, these guys know that they've got server meshing licked and they're pushing the budget to the danger zone because they're about to drop meshing. Like, this isn't a question. This is, oh, we got this shit. Has anybody else paid attention to the massive number of new asset locations that are being added to the game and going, hey, wait a second, you guys didn't have room to fit more stuff. Oh, you're not worried about fitting more stuff. Hmm. A lot of it can be abstracted away with server-side meshing because if, if they add, like, say, just an outpost and there's a mission, well... Yeah, you know, that might attract people to there, but when nobody's doing that mission and nobody's there, they can just shut the area down. It's a whole different story when it's a city that's supposed to have a billion AI roaming around on it. But yeah, you're you're not wrong. Like they're still adding a ton of stuff and they're they're obviously assuming like this is all supposed to get used. Hmm. So, you know, they're definitely preparing for the future, but there's a few little cheats that they can do right now that is making it work and not just explode. Chad? Yeah, the, the, I'm sure they've improved the server's side code tremendously over the last couple of years. So they can add these stuff and the improvements in the, the socks, to the client-side streaming, the server-side streaming stuff, and all the optimizations they've been doing. Um, so this is just another example of... The technology being pushed forward silently behind the scenes because the server meshing is for like large player populations but they've been obviously been able to make large asset implementations work mm. um with certain uh, within certain guidelines mm. okay <sighs> good stuff good stuff anybody have anything else on isc before we move on uh, I I mean it's an incremental thing, but but it feels like a huge increment. Um, I mean the way I play Star Citizen is I'll dive into it for a while, try out new game loops, and then and then I move on to something else until something new comes back, and I can see all the stuff they're going to add. This patch is going to hold me for a while longer. Mm. Like this is this is a lot of there's one big thing and a bunch of little things. A whole bunch, and even more that wasn't even covered in this ISC. So let's get on to the next item on the agenda, which is Star Citizen Alpha 317.2 PTU 812 blah, 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 patch notes. Uh, yeah, baby. 317.2 is in PTU. Wait, wait, is it in wave one or did they put it into general at this point? They put it That's into general. One. Oh, okay. Still wave I one. All right. Um, and Zylo said, and I quote, We do not expect 317.2 to go live before July 7th. And your line of thinking is in line with ours. We are still targeting July for live release, though. 
So, yeah, good shit. Um, <clears throat> probably, if I had to guess, and this is, I don't work for CIG. I have no advanced knowledge. I have no NDA signed with CIG. I, I, I am not an insider. I, I am not a lawyer or an investment advisor. Do not take this as legal and or investment advice. But I would say... 317.2 hits PU live, everybody, probably like either second to the last or last week of July. I, I, I think that about there feels right. And there's a lot to it. Let's go around the horn. And I'll call out one thing that we find interesting. And we'll just go, because I don't want to read through this. It's boring as fuck to read the list. And this, and this, and this, and this. For me, the biggest thing in this is, is this. They've added cargo capacity to the Mustang. And this is, like, not a big deal for those of us old farts that have been playing the game for forever. But imagine if you're a new player... And you see two spaceships. And you don't know fuck all about Star Citizen. You're just like, I heard it's a space game. It seems pretty cool. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them $40. And I'm going to play this game. I don't know nothing. And you're like, wow, that one looks like a cool little fucking fighter ship. And, well, that one looks like a weird grasshopper. I think I want to go with the fighter ship because pew, pew, pew. And then you're like, oh, you like you learn about the game. You start playing and you've been playing for like a week and you're like, oh, I can't do box missions. I'm just cut out of an entire loop of game play. Oh, I'm sad in the pants now. And you're like, and, and CIG is finally after years of the Mustang being absolutely fucking useless for anything other than combat missions now they're like hey you can do box missions and whatnot you can put cargo in a mustang i think that's mahusive we've started at the top and worked our way down let's start at the bottom and work our way up elix pick one thing from these patch notes that you find exciting and then pass it to the next guy that's a hard one because there's there's just so one much. One thing, like, I know. Um, I mean, I would I would have said the Mustang Alpha, but you already got it. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I know, and I'm probably gonna piss people off with this one. Do it. Is uh, now there's a search function in the store kiosks, so you can just type what you want instead of having to scroll down through five million items. Mm -hmm. Well, so if we're doing score store kiosk, let's add to that the fact that you can now buy ten bottles of water or twenty, or you can type in yeah. the amount that you want to buy, which is huge. Let's pass it to Wolf. I'm reading through these and. There is so many cool and neat things and just shit that makes sense. Like, they they have split their time between quality of life, things that make sense, and new shit. And I fucking love it. Um, okay. I don't know what all of this means, because the only thing I've really done is get told, hey, go, go do this to your uh, Titan so that it can go do the shooty gangbang kill things in space stuff better. 
And I've been having an absolute blast with it. I okay. do know that I want to get involved with the box missions, and that was the big thing for me not getting the Mustang um, when I bought the game because you, you couldn't do cargo missions with it, and I didn't want to cut myself off um, from that loop. Okay, I'm going to just cheat and give you an answer, Wolf. Your, your answer uh -oh. is the elevators are 10 million times faster. Okay. All right, Wolf said that. Scary. Yay, Chad, you're up. Pick one thing. What something to use? Rest, rest stop hangar additions. Woo! Update: All rest stops will have small and medium enclosed hangars now instead of pads everywhere. Okay, and on the side, if we're talking about rest stop hangars, let's also address the fact. I don't know if it's even in these notes, but it is definitely a thing if you've played 317.2 on the PTU. Uh, those stations are a lot closer to the planet, Chad. <laughs> yeah, the one above Microtech is. The one above Herson is not. I don't know about Area 18. Okay. But the one above Microtech is ha half the distance it was. So it's about 130-ish kilometers from the city. You can clearly see it just by looking up, like the whole form of the station and the lights around it and everything. So I don't know why that was moved in so close, but it was. I Okay, well, let's look at it. With Area 18, you can now very clearly see the city in particular that you're looking for with hurston it wasn't moved but hurston you could always see lorville because just from the station even at the much greater distance you still look down and see the whatever that hurston tower is that weird tower, thing yeah. that looks like a fucking it looks like a shark thing. Blade, blade runner. yeah 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 it, it very much the blade runner sort sort of those blade runner was more a ziggurat but you know the blade runner-esque let's call it it's very yeah, so I, I I think maybe just in in the in the in this case of Area 18, they wanted to make it more visually stimulating, more of a like oh you know, there are those things in certain Bethesda games where you come out of the Fallout shelter, you come out of the whatever, and you stand on a mountaintop and you're looking out at a view and you're like oh my god, and that seems to be what they captured there. Roy. Ghost Hollow. The ground-based derelict reclaimer site. That's a good one. That's yeah. a very, very I mean, I'm gonna have to grind a bit to get into the, the Orison thing, I'm sure. And this is but this derelict stuff, the new stuff, that's mm -hmm. I think that's gonna be stuff I can do right away, and that's gonna be the first thing I do. As much as I love that, now we're just open. Everybody hop in, chime in, we're gonna just fucking free ball it. As much um, as I love that. I am madly in love with the space derelicts. Like, I can't wait to see everything that that entails because I so desperately love the the concept of just EVAing out of my ship and free-floating over to whatever and looting shit and whatever. Like, this is what I would have given my left nut to get an elite and just elite's never gonna give it to you but star citizen is and like oh it's a beautiful thing chad i cut you off i'm so sorry bud go ahead um as i lost my train of thought completely mm. you were thinking of my uh, left but... nut <laughs> no all right well the thing the thing with the oh, oh the colonialism outpost there mm. are uh 
separate from the Reclaimer Outpost, uh, there are derelict or colonialism outposts. I don't know if they're NPTU yet, but they might be. Where you could go there, there are NPCs, there are puzzles, there's loot. Um, mm -hmm. So it's two separate ground things added to the game that involve FPS combat or puzzle solving and, and finding loot and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's new combat service beacons and there's new illegal delivery missions. Yep. Uh, there's fucking, uh, what is it? The, 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 the kind of, I don't know how to say it properly, but just whatever. For, it, it just trans, someone translate this to smart person. That thing where they got rid of a lot of the delay or the the position desync and but then when they did that yeah. it led to like more jittery shit and now it's going to be like more smoother the jitter fixing jitter fixing that's right. right that's i said that i'm smart <laughs> and, not like everybody in says in space and on ground for <laughs> f, f, f uh, fps so when you're running with running around with your friends now they, they don't look like they're hopping or tap dancing anymore oh, that's good like because that was quite jarring visually. they look like they're running and i've been seeing it in game it works pretty well they just 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 like an hour ago they released another ptu update that that addresses even more of that part of it as well as a bike a half dozen bug fixes and some additional stuff put in uh, just when the show started. And so yeah, they're they're going hot and heavy on getting this out as soon as possible. They added new lootable the Great Cat Salvage backpack and yeah, uh, the armor, uh, new containers and et cetera, et cetera, the heavy armors, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I, I personally am like I'm not a huge fan of the camo armor because the body like the, the 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 plate armor covers over all of that, so you don't see any hardly any camo. But like the snowdrift one, oh god damn, that looks sexy as fuck. If you're running around microtech and you want to be a a uh, a you know like Finland special forces or whatever, like hell yeah. And the um the 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 Fallout Four fucking armor, hell yeah. They added new Lagrange points. Hell yeah! With with that armor, I don't. They mentioned that it's radiation blocking, and yeah. I'm not sure if that's, that's just a, a reference to yet. Fallout or if that's a real thing? thing that's going to be in the game. They specifically it, like, said it. It's hard to tell. Yeah, they specifically said it. So like, that could pyro. be cool. Pyro, I, I think pyro. it's a Fallout reference, but. Could be, I mean, they, they've made numerous references to radiation exposure <laughs> mm -hmm. being a celestial threat in various systems in the past. Like talking about like pyro and you know stuff like that, where there's a flare starge that's gonna fuck your shit up. Um, so this is entirely possible that that's gonna be a thing that's added to the actor status. Guys, system. I I don't want to I don't want to push it too far because I know that your erections can only get so hard, but. When you're changing your ammo and you're dropping magazines, they're going to be empty magazines. Yep. Uh, and the one key thing that people have been screaming for, when you have a filter turned on and you're selling, it doesn't reset after each sell. Uh, and for us colorblind boys, how about 
they're going to give you a marker for friendlies and and enemies when you're doing bunkers yep. or whatever. So like, yeah, that bullshit of like, hey, oh no, he's got yellow and black armor as opposed to the black and green armor, and you're like, motherfucker, I can't tell the difference. For us colorblind boys, like, hey, it'll say enemy and not, and that's good. Oh, yeah. that sounds so nice. Yeah. Yes, there's a triangle above the heads of all the all the good guys, and everyone else you just shoot in the face. Mm-hmm. 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 And they buff the Drake mule. That's the most important thing. All right. Patch notes are in there. We've linked it for you. Anybody have anything else before we move on? Oh, um, today is Canada Day. I forgot to mention that. Oh, and Canada! <laughs> my yes, my wife is drinking a Neapol Neap uh, Neapolitan ice cream stout beer from Canada. Wow! Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so, happy Canada Day to all of our our neighbors to the north. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Just think of it this way: anybody who wants to look down at Canada, just remember that America is Canada's Mexico. All right. America is Canada's <laughs> pants. But anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, so there is all of the stuff on the PTU patch notes. Uh, next up, we've got Alpha 3172 Database Wipe. Here is a copy of the link. Um uh, let's go around the horn. I want to add myself last. I want to have everybody else have the opportunity to sort of give their commentary on the issue. Let's start with Roy. They're wiping. Um, just to be yeah. clear, just in case uh, anyone, you know, you know, of course, but just anybody who's listening who doesn't know. They separated out like a couple months ago. Uh, reputation from the other things. So this wipe is going to reset your money. It's going to reset your ships and, you know, whatever, magazines and, you know, all of your little stuff that you've purchased. It is not going to reset your reputation. For the first time, there is going to be a reset, a wipe, that allows you to maintain your reputation. Go ahead, Roy. Um, I mean... I'm I'm okay with it. It's absolutely necessary. I was starting to see things um, <laughs> not working that were associated with the corruption in the mm -hmm. database. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely necessary. I I think there's a um, a larger discussion around like with so many people having come in on this Invictus event that are brand new and you know the whole thing about it's an alpha, get over it, and these things, you knew it was going to be a wipe at some point, it feels a little close to that event to maybe uh, maybe took the wind out of some people's sails if they're brand new to the game and they just, just were getting into it or had just bought their first you know, in-game credit ship or whatever, but mm. uh, yeah, totally necessary. Okay. Alright. Uh, Chad, what do you think? Well said, Wolf. Well, uh, you, you cut, cut out, out for a second yeah. there. Yeah, you cut out. 
Okay, I said, Chad, what do you think? Okay. Um, well, reading the, te- reading the technical explanation, it's absolutely necessary. If they didn't do this, the summer would be miserable. <laughs> mm. Nothing would fucking work the entire time, and it would just it would be like, oh, screw this game, I'm fine. Um, but, yeah, the, the database is so, is so borked right now with bad data and all the other crap that went on. Like, when 317 went live, millions of missiles suddenly showed up in people's inventory. Mm. Um, that you had to manually delete one at a time or suffer with your local inventory being at 300%, and you couldn't even drop a hat into it. It was so, it was so full. Mm. Uh, among many other problems that have occurred over the various iterations since physicalized inventory came into the game. Mm. So I think it, it was, this was necessary. Yeah, it does suck for people who just joined during Invictus, um, but I think their overall experience will be a night and day difference when 3.17.2 drops. It has been such fun playing the PT for the last day and a half. Um, and as the things get get fixed, it'll just it'll just be a, a great summer with a lot of cool new things to do and stuff to see with your friends. Okay. All right. Uh, Wolf. I can completely understand from the technical reason why they had to do the things. I'm really glad that uh, what little rep that I have uh, ground up, that uh, I don't have to reset on that because that would be less sad. Um, but it's not like you're you're not left with any path forward. You just go back to what you started with, do the things that you know how to do, and since you've got the rep, you know, if you had everything unlocked, you just do those certification missions again, and you're back to making bukus of money just like you were before and you go get the stuff that you already had and carry on with life and enjoy a database that's not full of garbage okay all right elix yeah so uh there's two things one is it's definitely a shock to people that weren't prepared that this is a thing that happens because you know there's only been one wipe in more than two years and it was months ago and there's been tons of people that have come in since so this is a shock to them and i'm sure that some of them went totally hard you know grinding away on the game not knowing that it was going to be taken away from them and so you know this is a bit of a bit of a nasty surprise but it's something they're going to have to know one way or the other you know like this is just a fact mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i saw a comment from a sig dev on reddit that they they um, were responding to, in, in a long conversation, but they were responding indirectly to somebody who hadn't been able to log in to the game for like two months because mm. there was a period where character reset screwed your character from being able to log in at all. Mm. And like he just could not log in for all of 317.1. And the dev just said, like, it is situations like this guy that are why we are going scorched earth on the database. So because shit like this is broken and we got to clean it out. All right, I'm going to hop in now and I'm going to tell you this is absolutely unforgivable. This is complete bullshit. I'm going to write a letter to my congressman. I'm going to absolutely burn this to the ground. There is no excuse for a wipe whatsoever except for three things. Number one, the only reason why you'd do a wipe is if there was a major exploit and it screwed the economy be all, beyond all recognition. Oh, 
Oh, wait, there was. AV. Number two. <laughs> the only other reason why you would do a wipe is if the data was corrupted and it was causing problems with people where their money was just disappearing for no reasons, assets were disappearing, stuff was failing to load. You would sometimes end up with more ships than you had or more items. It was duplicating and or getting lost and or the entire database was corrupted and it was fucked. Oh, wait, there was. Number three, the only reason that you would do a wipe would be if you wanted to test a specific game loop or a specific thing. Like, you just added in, since the last wipe, the fact that you separated reputation from assets... And you tested, you wanted to test like, hey, if we were to do a wipe of A and B, but not C, would that work? Oh, wait, there was. So literally every possible reason why you would say for a company to do a wipe is here. Them doing this wipe fixes the database. Them doing this wipe removes the imbalance from the exploit them doing this wipe test a new thing that they've added to the game since the last wipe i.e having reputation being a separate thing from everything else so i guess i'm gonna go ahead and call myself an idiot and take it all back and say yeah it's a smart idea do the wipe now i fully get that some people will be upset by this some people are upset no matter what happens. Some people are upset when it rains. Some people are upset when it doesn't rain. Some people are upset when the Democrats win something or the Republicans win something or a baseball team wins something or your socks are not what you thought they would be for that day. Like, whatever. Like, people get upset for all kinds of dumb reasons and you do you, boo. But, like, every possible reason why it would make sense to do a wipe right now they have now i get it some people they grinded the shit out of this game and they're like oh wait i'm gonna lose whatever for those people i i don't think the way you think but i i i respect it i understand i have sympathy for you i swear to god i do me personally, the way I play this game is I know that this game is not done yet. Until this game is released. Once this game is released, if they fucking wipe, I will riot. I will burn shit to the ground. Because the second they release, I'm going to go ham and grind till my eyeballs bleed to get all of the monies. But we're not there. We're not anywhere near there. I honestly look at it myself that every patch i expect a wipe and then when it doesn't happen because more often than not it doesn't happen i go oh bonus that's nice i made over 60 million dollars in the last patch playing just for like two days just for weird loopholes that were out there and I didn't spend any of that money on myself. I gave it out 10 million, 5 million, 2 million at a time to lots of peoples to help them out. But I didn't spend it because I don't give a fuck about money in this game. This game is at the point where you should be working on your skills. You should be learning the loops. You should be sort of 
sort of working on your proficiency, your skill, and your understanding. The money will come and go. Don't count on it. I don't really care. I don't need money for anything in this game. I'm playing it for the experiences. I'm playing it to hang out with friends. I'm playing it to give feedback on, I don't like this. I think you should do that. And this is a rare one in a million opportunity. Most games, let's be honest, they say, oh, we're putting it out in alpha or we're putting it out in beta. But those aren't real. When they say we're putting it out in alpha or beta, what they mean is this is early access. We're done making the game, more or less. We're just polishing. And it is what it is. So when you go like, hey, I don't like this or I don't like that, they're like, well, too fucking late. It's out. This game is very different. You're seeing it with all of the warts. You're seeing it years before it's really done. And you have the opportunity to give real and meaningful feedback. So, I don't know. That's how I see it. I don't get all caught up about the dollars because they're, it's all funny money. It's going to get wiped. I would say probably coming up soon when they do physicalized cargo, that's probably going to lead to bugs and problems and all kinds of database errors, just like they had errors before. So I would say probably in like 3.18.2 or 3.19 or 4.0, like at some point, not that far, there'll probably be another wipe. Because they're just doing massive changes to key fundamental things that could just throw shit out of whack. And like, I forget who it was, but somebody was just saying, Elix or Chad, somebody was just saying like, there are people who are going, I've reset my account. I still can't access stuff because it's just bort. And they're like, e, yikes, hold tight for a month or two. We'll, we'll try to reset shit so that you can access your, you can play the game that you love. That's just me. Once this game is released in a couple years, Oh, I will be the first to fucking get out my pitchfork if they wipe. But until then, you should expect that. That's part of playing an alpha. Just chill, man. It's not that deep. Anybody want to hop in and comment on that? Well said. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I agree with that. I, I would just add that... Um, it doesn't cost anything to, uh, in addition to the logical explanations, validate people's feelings who this came as a surprise to. Uh, it's it's an alpha, wink, wink. Uh, as it was said, there's only been one, one wipe before this in a very long time. And so people that are coming into this that don't have history with it could make the reasonable assumption, which was wrong, mm -hmm. that, you know, they're getting the game's getting better. It's being put together more and more. So maybe the next, maybe there'll be an even longer period of time from one wipe to another. Obviously, not true. Yep. Um, and I, so they're dealing with they're dealing with a kind of loss, right? Which is irrational. It's a game, but the, it just the more people that play this game, the better, right? And over time, and this is this is sort of turning into a bit of a customer service thing, right? If you, there's going to be a portion of the population that plays this, that um, They'll learn this after several mm -hmm. patches, uh, but you don't want to burn them off this game right now. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not saying treat people like snowflakes, but I think the I think the uh, the very rational explanation and very good reasons why this needs to be done, accompanied by some uh, let's call it emotional intelligence 101 would mm. go a long way from some of the stuff I've seen in forums and other places that, I mean, we're never going to solve that, but mm. um, it's uh, it's understandable why some people, especially again, with the influx of brand new players, uh, they can, this can be handled in a way that preserves more of those players than fewer. That's mm. all. Okay. Next up, we've got the Jump Town and Siege events. We kind of, when we're from ISC, covered the Siege event, so we had a good bit of talk about that. But uh, it's up on the on the screen for you all to see. And uh, Chad, why don't you lead us in this discussion about the dynamic events right now as we speak jump town is live boys let's go boys check the skeddy boys well with 317.1 with the white pending everyone's just going to play murder hobo and murder everybody else in jump town it's just going uh-huh. to be open warfare no one's going to care about the drugs no one's going to even try mm-hmm. and if they do they'll be, be dead in seconds mm-hmm. uh, so just going to be open pvp for those that want to do it mm-hmm um, so it's it should be fun with no holds bar, no worries about what you're going to lose or not gain. Uh, so for those that have participate, it'll probably be a lot of, a lot of fun. We're also going to do a Ninetales um, lockdown, mm-hmm. which will lock down a space station that will then you can fly out on your ship and pew pew the, the Ninetales ships, or you can fight for them and try to kill other players, which doesn't happen very often, but maybe this time it will. Or you can find medical things for money, but again, money doesn't mean anything because it's all going to go away in a couple of weeks. I was out running drugs with my friends the other day. I, I just am I'm trying to see how many Letterkenny fucking <laughs> references I can squeeze into this show. All right. So, so yeah, so it's if for those who want to, to polish up their PvP skills, now you have plenty of opportunity to do so over the next uh, several days. And who knows what they'll have after that. For the free fly, they haven't specified. Oh, and then there is a an event coming up on July seventh, where you'll be able to earn ship skins uh, for the foundational day or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, so those skins are for guides, by the way. Yeah, okay. it's a bit, it's it's different. Yeah. In addition, they, uh, in addition to that, they say like, hey, this is for people who want to volunteer their time. This is for people who want to enlist want to make the verse a better place and my response is go fuck yourself i was standing there for a full two weeks during invictus at the recruiter's desk waiting to join up because i was i had this plan that i was going to be the first one in the squadron 42 i just needed that in recruiter to show up and the motherfucker did not show up once in the full two weeks what the hell kind of recruiter bullshit is that damn I sneezed once and the fucking Marine Corps recruiter was there at my high school going, Hey, you want to sign up? You want to sign up, son? You want to sign up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a lot of PVP and uh, just people will do whatever they want and great. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for this new jump town. I'm excited for the roof access, the, like the second door. That's been much needed. Uh, I will point out. 
you know, uh, Mr. Fucking Poopy Pants over there, Chad, has been saying, like, who cares about money? We're not going to get anything. CIG did specifically say, hey, guys, we know that the wipe is coming. Just trust us. Go do this event. We'll make sure we take care of you. You'll get something. They did that before. I forget what it was, but there was, uh, was I think it was Ninetales. Xenothreat. Xenothreat happened like a week before uh, a wipe. And they literally said, hey, we're going to give you your money that you earned for the Xenothreat, whatever. So don't I, don't count it out because they specifically called it out that they're going to try to take care of people. So yeah, I, I think I would expect that you're going <clears> to <throat> be able to get some. So if you want to go, I'm not a grinder. That's not my thing. I like to do events and stuff. I'm excited for Xenothreat because of the new door. I'm excited for Orison, the siege, because of the, the actual... Uh, you know, new maps and things to do, and and there's a whole new mode. I'm excited for Nine Tails because I want to see like, hey, have they fixed the you know absolute buck fuck that was the medicine you know situation? Have they, you know, in in what ways are there going to be more meaningful opportunities to take places to, to sort of take a part in this event on both sides, like? I'm excited for the events, not for I'm going to run, run them 18,000 times to make that money. I don't give a shit about the money. I'm excited to see like what's new, what's different, what's better, what's worse, what's more stable, what's less stable. What did they try that is awesome? What did they try that exploded in their face? Like I'm excited for the experience. All right, let's move on to the next point. Which is, uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> CIG, we talked about this when we had Black Maze and, and um, uh, Osashis on the show a couple weeks back. And then the following week, CIG did a thing where they're like, we're, you know, when they had that, when the, the community team was on and they were like, oh, they made a cryptic comment of like, oh, we've got some cool ideas for things we're going to do. To, to support the race community in this game. Check this shit out, and, and we'll talk about it. At the start of the 2952 Stanton Cup, we said that XGR was emerging from the underground. With the 3.17.2 patch, CIG raises the bar yet again. Rewind, Osashis and I were scouting tracks for the Stanton Cup and Cleo provided us with the perfect set of canyons for our very first canyon racetrack. We spent a few days carving out a real track with interesting turns like Drifter's Paradise. We mapped it out with a track guide and a fly-through and went racing with the XGR community. We've held various race days at our snake pit since and saw the likes of Time Trial Master Splen setting countless laps to maintain the world record. In comes CIG, inspired and ready to mingle. It really is an incredible time for racing in the verse. We were aware that CIG wanted to build a racetrack and rather than reinventing the wheel and building something from scratch, they took a look at the race proven courses we already had. Then they decided to build around one of our community's favorite courses, the Snake Pit on Clio. 
CIG has done a wonderful job of keeping the flow and spirit of the original course, but adding so much in terms of track marking, clear obstacles, and the general look and grandeur of the track. I got my first chance to fly down and run some laps just this morning, and I have to say that I'm absolutely blown away. It's pretty surreal to see a brainchild of Maze and mine come to light in a whole new form. If you want to run the track, you can. For now, you'll need to head over to the PTU, but soon enough, this will make its way to live for you to enjoy. If you fancy time trialing this baby in your own time, simply head to the website scr.gg and find the track guide and rules there. We'll update them very soon. If you'd like to run this one live with XGR, join our 2952 Stanton Cup and we'll be racing there in September. A huge thanks again to everyone at CIG and Turbulent for seeing the racing opportunities and helping Star Citizen reach its full potential. As so, f full disclosure, Black Maze. I talked him into getting into Star Citizen. He was an elite racer in Elite Dangerous, and I shit you not, the Elite Dangerous race community through the Buckyballers and the Elite Racers have been, I shit you not, for a decade now, begging. FDev, like, do stuff, add in some cool shit into these race areas that we do. Like, please help us, whatever. And no response. Star Citizen is not even out yet. And they're like, yeah, we're having fun with this. We can add a little something. We can go and throw some, throw some pizzazz on your race course. Let's do this shit. I, I just, I'm at a loss for words, man. So fucking cool uh yeah let's see all right who wants to hop in on this who's got something uh this is, it, go ahead this is how this is how you take care of your customers hmm. your most ardent supporters the ones who will shout to the rooftops how awesome your game is come join me play here and and didn't take long to do with a couple of designers and some QA and then and they got it done. Uh, like super impressed. And Black Maze and Osashis are over the moon, uh, which is the, the understatement of the century. As well they should be. Good for those guys. And what's so cool about this is the not only did Sig just not only did I mean actually I think it was somebody from Turbulent, not Sig, but anyway, not only did the the game devs be like, hey, we're going to give you something cool. They made this as a test to see how easy it is for them to make things using the existing props without making more stuff. Like, can you know, what can we do with the Lego parts we've already got in the box? We, we can't add more. What do we do with the ones we've got? I mean, they can add more, but what do we do if we don't try? Can I just and... say turbulent? The fucking turbulent. Those guys deserve a medal because for 90% of my life, whenever I heard people speaking with a French accent, I was cringing. And now, whenever I hear people speaking with a French accent, if they are from Turbulent, god damn, I just get, I start smiling before they even finish their sentence. Because whatever they do, these guys are fucking gold, man. Everything they touch is a home run. Everything, bar none. 
I'm looking forward to this not just because of the when I watch uh, the XGR race that happens there, it's it's going to be much more visually dynamic, and you know they can they got pads that they can put people at for for being like static cameras and and getting flyby shots and things like that really easily. I'm going to go there myself and learn how to damn fly. Hell yeah! Because I, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I, I, we gotta hop back. I cut Elix off mid sentence. That's really rude of me. I just couldn't. I had to. I could not hold back my fucking love for turbulent. Elix, please finish your yeah, thought. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, um, what I was, I was just saying, like this is, like this was a test to see how they could mess around with and just kit bash stuff using their existing props, and this, this is all according to. I'm reading from a comment, like. But this is all according to a the turbulent dev who came into the XGR stream and said, "Hey, I made this. This is how I did it, and this took two part-time environmental artists and a bit of QA. And look what we did. You know, like this is as close to free effort, like free content, as you can get in a game dev project. So, like, this is just the beginning." Hell yeah. Um, but go ahead. I, I think this is totally heartwarming. And I think the real, I mean, the takeaway for me is um, it's it's been trendy in, in certain circles to talk about uh, embracing emergent gameplay. And mm -hmm. I think this is a textbook lesson of how to do it properly, where uh, it's more important to have something done in a timely fashion than it is to wait for something perfect or be tied up with bureaucracy or a million other reasons why something never happens or or it's way too late and way too little and they nailed it so well done i i cannot attest enough to the fact that black maze osashis the entire xgr community which is largely made up of in addition to star citizen enthusiasts elite dangerous enthusiasts who are you know bucky ballers and elite racers who were like fuck it let's go try over here because we're not getting what we want over there. And I don't mean to be that guy. I'm not trying to shit on whatever, but just I think what Roy just said in a classier version than me was like, hey, man, it's <laughs> your community loves it when you throw them a little bone. It didn't take a year to make some, oh, we made a racing planet with, you know, this and the other. They literally, you know, <laughs> they took a couple of days and a couple of guys and said, Let's add some pre-existing assets here, there, and whatever to make it more visually appealing and more tactically, you know, more gamified as a racetrack. And just fucking salute. Hats off all the way around. Whew. All right. That takes us to the last sort of wrapping up the night here. There's a free fly, eventing, free fly event starting July 7th. Um, also at that time, there's starting a, a new referral bonus, just like they did last year during the summer. And I got it for people. So if right now you use, you know, you give out your referral code and somebody uses it, you as the referrer and them as the referee, when they like pay the $40 to get their Mustang or Aurora or plus, you know, Titan, whatever, whatever they get, so long as it's they purchase something, 
you get a free dragonfly, the little Drake motorcycle hover bike thing. It looks like, like the speeder bikes from Endor. <clears throat> you get that as the person who referred them, and they get that as the person who was referred. In addition to them getting extra startup money. So, like, it's just awesome. Um, anybody want to hop in on that? Anybody got any commentary on that? There's going to be more info on the free flight and more details on the referral coming soon. But, you know, it's it's kind of cool. Like, they just like, hey, here's a free ground vehicle for basically the cost of you know, buying the game if mm -hmm. for somebody coming in. Mm-hmm. All right. So this week in Star Citizen, Alpha 317-2, we talked about it. Nine Tails Lockdown, we talked about it. Jumptown Reopens, we talked about it. Foundation Festival, that's the thing that you were talking about where, hey, you can get stuffs if you sign up, donate your time, help out the new players. Uh, fly for free, aka free fly. We talked about it. Referral bonus. We talked about it. Battle of the bricks, Legos. Not my thing, but totally cool. Big respect. Uh, looking farther out, the ship showdown is gonna be coming back soon. What do we see in there? We see a what is that? A three fifteen, maybe whatever. We see a caterpillar, we see a prowler, we see a, uh, that's a titan, hammerhead. we see a hammerhead, we see a mustang, we see a freelancer, Freelance. you know, hey, good shit, good shit. Uh, ship showdown. If the mule is in, which I don't think it will be because it's a ground vehicle, but if by some happenstance it's in, I think the mule wins it all. It's the new Argo Cargo. I think the memers are going to want to fucking maymays. Uh, but, like, I'm, you know, hey, ship showdown. That'll be cool. It'll be a good time. Um, anybody got any ship showdown thoughts or feels? All right. And I predict Caraconers are going to be mad again, but go ahead. There you go. And talk like a pirate day. Arr, uh, That's talk, always a fun day. So talk like a pirate. When you talk like a pirate, basically, you're going to be an outlaw. You're going to be a criminal. You're going to be not showing respect for the rule of law. So basically, you just sort of attack your secret service agent and decide that you want to oh wait no never mind uh yeah <laughs> arg and whatnot beat amber heard in court Arr. uh anybody have anything they want to get in on on any of these All right, I'm all talked the fuck out. I've been awake for way too long, and we're over two hours. That seems like a full fucking show. Let's go around the horn and give everybody an opportunity to add anything. If something was missed, something was left out, something they want to add. If not, just say goodnight to the beautiful people. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Elix. Well, um, you know, just remember that with Star Citizen in particular and game devs in general... It is almost never a sprint. It's a marathon. 
and you know just try to remember that it's real people doing work in there not just robots have a good night everybody wolf i just want to thank everybody for joining us and uh if you uh aren't in the discord you know i'm gonna throw a link uh to that in j just a second as soon as discord lets me scroll and you know pop in figure out who's playing what and when and come join us we'd love to have you chad <clears throat> have a good night everyone happy canada day and uh <clears throat> the, f the summer is going to be great roy uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us, and uh, also happy Canada Day and happy American Independence Day coming up. Have a great weekend. Happy Canada Day. Take off, you hosers. We're out. Have a good night. Ooh, doo, coo, 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 coo.